Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. Hi, my name is Stacey Pressman, and I'm the host of the Pressman Hour podcast, along with my co-host, Angela Riley. I'm a comedian, I'm a provocateur, and I like to talk about everything and anything that comes to my head. Me and my co-host, Angela, we kind of fight about stuff. Sometimes we have great guests, so if you have like an hour to spare and you're not doing anything... Listen to the Pressman Hour on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. We're uh, just discussing some of the things going on. Uh, it's been a crazy week. All weeks are crazy weeks now. <laughs> no, ever since... I'm trying like, to think when the last normal week I had was. 2015? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's it's been nuts. We were just talking about the final season of Bojack Horseman came out, and uh, I just asked you if you were watching it, and you were like... Yeah, I got like two in and got very depressed. Yeah, it's uh, it just gets more depressing, right? Because it's about it's depression. A, yes, and I, I'm about depression, so uh-huh. I don't need more of that in my life. Well, one of the uh, <laughs> later in the series, the Allison Brie character, the girl who's uh, oh yeah, yeah, Allison Brie's from Community, and right? Glow. I was uh, like, but BoJack Horseman's animated. Yeah, no, it's like oh yeah, no, but voices, she does a voice. Yeah. Voices, that's how they make those. But shows. In, in like one of the final seasons, she goes on antidepressants and they change her character design to show she gained weight because she's on antidepressants. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yep, yeah, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this week, um, uh, this uh, this week I almost went insane last night because I was uh, rearranging uh, the Marvel Legends figures. Next week is Toy Fair, and we're gonna have a lot to talk about. But I was putting all I was putting all the Marvel Marvel major Marvel villains together. Yeah, and I counted Hulk because I like when he goes crazy and smashes everything. Yeah, that's like I always uh, I'm of the opinion of like uh, they're <laughs> in. Avengers disassembled. There's a uh, all the Avengers after She Hulk goes nuts and she rips the vision in half and helps destroy the mansion. They're all standing around in like a courtyard and they're like, "All right, what happened? Like, what's going on?" You know, they didn't know it was the Scarlet Witch yet. And Falcon's just like, "Y'all keep putting Hulks on this team, and you wonder why <laughs> things go bad." And I'm I'm of that mindset with the Hulk is that he yeah. he doesn't belong in the Avengers. The, he, well, yeah, the He's his a, book is best when it's like. Bruce Banner very afraid he's going to become the Hulk because yes. everything around him is going to be destroyed. Yes. And then, uh, at least in the 80s when I read it a lot, there would always be like once a year where he went completely nuts and then the cover of the next issue was every single Marvel character him. trying to hold him yeah. down. <laughs> and it's like, yep, this happens every Apparently, year. Apparently, the, uh, the Mortal Hulk... The, the new one now, the this, new series yeah, that's the been going series, on, I think, yeah. for like two, ser- uh, two years now, is supposed to be phenomenal. Yeah, I hear the weird thing about Hulk is you always hear it's good, and then six issues later, people are like meh. Like this, it never I've seems heard, is just consistently has consistently been good. Really? Because yeah, I remember when Mark Wade did that, like Hulk with Shield. Everybody's like, "This is great, this is great." It was not, and then it just I tried. I it. think it just didn't go anywhere. It was a good premise. I, I like the first but issue. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't something I uh, stuck with very long. Yeah, you just got the Peter David out of this, right? I've, I haven't cracked it yet. Oh, it's yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm in the middle of all the southern nonsense. Well, I just finished uh, the Peter David Epic Collections of X Factor, 
and there's a, a Hulk crossover because he was writing both series. Yeah. And it was like Smart Hulk, Dale Keown art. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Pantheon's in it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the this is the center of that Peter David run. Right. Because I read all that. I, I tend to do things. Uh, <laughs> we all do things. I bought the entire Peter David <laughs> run of The Incredible Hulk on eBay. And it was like, it was like uh, something like, it's over 100 issues. And I got it for like 150 bucks. The whole like, run. The whole run. Yeah. It was like in a lot on eBay. And I bought it the week before I had laser eye surgery. Oh, why? Because <laughs> it was going to... When you have... Because the auction was going to end. Oh, when you have eye surgery, uh, you had the LASIK or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, that has since worn off. It, it has since worn off because apparently I didn't wait long enough to do it. And if I What does had, that mean? Well, I went to the eye doctor about two years ago, and I'm like, my eyes are getting blurry. It's getting hard to read the signs at night when I'm driving. Yeah. Um, but I had laser eye surgery, but I am also started this medication that I wasn't on before, and... Um, impaired eyesight could be part of that, or I'm also getting older. Um, so what is it? And the optometrist said, well, it's not the laser eye surgery because in 2005, they changed the laser and it never wears off. He said, when did you get your laser eye surgery? I go, 2004. He goes, so here's some glasses. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm back to, uh, although my eyes are so fucking weird because I ha- because of laser eye surgery, I have 20-20 vision to about, 12 feet okay so if i put glasses on everything close to me is kind of blurry so i have to take them off to use my computer yeah and then if i look up anything like uh like the figures that are in the studio are a little blurry yeah so it's torture because uh like on and off and on and off and on and off yeah and and also like everyone uh in the 21st century I watch a big screen television with a laptop in my lap. Yeah. And I'm like, well, one of these I'm not going to be able to see. Right. It's like, do I want to not read tweets <laughs> or do I want to not see the second episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that right. I've seen 25 It's all times? about priorities. Yeah. Which, by the way, is the only thing I'm watching now because I'm all about Picard. Uh, yeah, you mentioned last week it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I do want to try watching and the first episode. And it is staying really, really good. Uh, yeah, it's off YouTube. It was free on YouTube for nah, one week. I missed week. my window. Yeah, it was good. But I know you're uh, not you're not that deep in Star Trek. Not at all. And uh, with the uh, Next Generation stuff, I'd catch an episode here and there as a youth and was very bored by it because I was a youth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was bored by it in high school. Yeah, but I I've liked it in college. So it took and, that long. Yeah, well, I've heard it's really good and I've heard all the right all the right people really like it and have said many good things about it. And I, it's like, I love everything about the philosophy of it. It's like, yeah. it's like a future utopia, essentially. And we're just out in space, like exploring crap. Well, that, and that's the interesting you know? thing about Picard. Picard is such a commentary now because, um, because the Federation is starting to suck. Oh. And it's like, oh yeah, utopia stays utopia as long as everybody agrees what utopia is and works towards it. And... It's what we're seeing now because, you know, America and Britain are all fucked up and we're the most prosperous, advanced countries in the world. And it's just like, yeah, we decided not to agree on stuff. It was like, yeah, like uh, England England decided they didn't like Europe anymore. And half of our country got really upset that a black guy was president. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to do everything the opposite of when a black guy was president. What's like the the, Baron Zemo has the line in the. Uh, 
I don't know, Winter Soldier, whatever uh, the Avengers movie he's in, and he's like a civil war, civil war. and he's like, uh, you know, an empire that destroys itself from the inside. Yeah. And it's like, it is kind of weird to be like, oh, this is what it's like to be in an empire in decline. Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, our best years are behind us. Oh, absolutely. Like, we're kind of pulling back from all our allies. And it's yep. just like- the 20th uh, century is when you wanted to be an American. Yeah, it's uh, those days are over. There is a tw- <laughs> it is China's century now. There is a t- uh, Twitter handle. That I, I wish I could remember the handle, but all they do is take uh, clips, sound bites of Trump speeches and put them on Red Skull panels. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. So it's like they just take a line and put it in there, and it's just Red Skull screaming about shithole countries. Yeah. And and it fits because the guy's racist. (laughs) They're both Mm -hmm. racists. Well, now that uh, we try to stay apolitical, but now that Bloomberg's in the race, do you see Bloomberg has this commercial out that's just like Trump is a bully? And Mm. everybody's really, really. uh, conflicted about Bloomberg entering the race because they're like, yeah, you're also a billionaire. Yeah. And it's like, it It sounds like you're also pretty racist. I was in New York when Bloomberg was mayor. Yeah. He wasn't crazy. Yeah, I don't think he's crazy. I think he, and he, I don't know if he's racist. I never met the guy, but I'll say. Bloomberg also followed Giuliani, who he called America's mayor. So being New York mayor is, is, is a, no yeah. qualification for anything you're going to do um, later. Uh, I would, I was, I don't know how I got in this. I think what I was watching online was I was watching John Stewart, um, going around trying to get health insurance for the nine 11 first responders. Oh yeah. He got really deep into that once he left the daily show. Yes. It, like he, came as like, he devoted full time to it. And then I think because I was watching that on YouTube, other things about nine 11 started coming up on YouTube and I wasn't really ever watching David Letterman as a youth. And I watched David Letterman, Nine post nine eleven. It's the first show he did back after nine yeah. eleven, and at the end of it, he's kind of just like you know, uh, if you ever you know you feel lost or whatever, he's like look to uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani and you know the America's mayor, and you know he showed us how to get through a crisis and all this like wonderful praise of Rudy Giuliani. It's like if only they would know yeah. where this fucking troll would end up. <laughs> you know, twenty there's years later, Simps- there's a Simpsons about a year later where. Homer's like making a political ad and then in the middle of the political ad, he just holds up a picture of Rudy Giuliani and like moves in a circle. He's like, look at Rudy Giuliani. I'm Rudy Giuliani. Uh, What a fall from grace. Now there's a great clip of, uh, he's on like Fox news or something. He's like, every time I walk the streets, people ask me to run for mayor again. And then they cut to a clip of him walking down the street and people are chasing him going, you fucking traitor. (laughs) (laughs) That's well, great. Anyway, uh, this isn't our topic, though. No, in but, case you're wondering if but, we're no, not at all. But, but Picard is kind of looking at that. Patrick Stewart hates Brexit, and oh, li- he and, should, yeah. and lives in Brooklyn, so he's kind yes. of dealing with both of it. Yeah, uh, Picard's fantastic. When the season ends, we'll do an all Picard show. But it is the kind of thing like The Mandalorian. It's like every week you just kind of want to go. Oh, by the way, the show's still really great. Yeah, you it's, just want to talk about it. Picard is as good as The Mandalorian in a different way. Like, it plays to, I mean, it's it doesn't have as much action. Yeah. And it's much more sophisticated and uh, deep, quieter story. But it plays to the strengths of Star Trek in the way that The Mandalorian plays to the strengths of Star Wars. And Mandalorian has been the thing I've loved most since The Empire Strikes Back. It's like, including Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And all the other movies. And Picard is the show I've loved the most since Deep Space Nine. Because Deep Space Nine was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it's nice that both of these reboots. It's funny too because yeah, it's weird that they're both so like close together. Well, everything's you know? been rebooted now. Um, we were just talking about this. Um, like, not only did we get like the X Files came back a couple of years ago, right. and Jordan Peele's doing the Twilight Zone, and um, every sci-fi has come back. But uh, my boys have gotten like really into Beavis and Butthead again. Yeah, to the point where now Ben is watching King of the Hill on Hulu. Because he oh, just wants the same, more my, uh, It was my yeah, judge, yeah. Creator. Um, but we're putting on just discs at random because it's not streaming on anything. So we have the DVDs. And there's like 50 episodes on every disc because they cut out all the music video parts. And I'm like, I don't know what we watched. I don't know what we didn't watch. So I put one in and we're in the middle of watching one. And I'm like, wow, the picture's really clear on this one. And I was like, it looks really good. And I was like, Oh my god, this is the Beavis and Butthead reboot that I forgot they made. Yeah, they rebooted In like it. 2011. Yeah. And it, it was just as good. It was Mike Judge. But I was like, oh yeah, they rebooted Beavis and Butthead. They yeah. rebooted everything. I think it's like, uh, you know, you you wait long enough, pretty much everything will get rebooted, you know? Because right. it's like, uh, there's not a lot of great thinkers making stuff, <laughs> you know? Well, also, so it's like there's a lot of recyclable ideas out there. Yeah, and you know, there and the studios are always afraid to spend try money anything on, new to spend money on something that might not give them money back. Yeah. But they're like, uh, people like Star Wars, right? So, yeah. How many different ways can we make it? And we're suckers because I yeah. fucking love that Mandalorian. Show. I know. Well, and now Bob Iger yeah. basically said last week, he's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna make Disney Plus for a while." Like there oh, was, like new. Content there are no stuff. announcements about any movies. Like you know, we know Ryan Johnson's working on some, and the Game of Thrones guys were working on some, but I think they dropped that. And, yeah. Um. There were a. Oh, he means with Star Wars specifically. Star Wars specifically, yeah. he's like, don't expect any movies for a while. That's fine. Because even Rise of yeah. Skywalker didn't do as well as Last Jedi. Right. I would. Yeah. Take some time off and figure out what the fuck you just guys are going to do. Make more Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Just give us more of that. And Obi Wan. Obi Wan show. Well, yeah. But Obi Wan's been pushed back, and I'm like, I don't care what you do to it. Just give me it. Yeah. Um. And that. It's actually a natural transition into the topic this week. Was I finally saw Birds of Prey. Or the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, which yeah, so, was a title nobody understood. So now the movie theaters are saying are calling it Harley Quinn: Birds of Prey. They changed the title of a movie while it is in theaters. Yes, not the actual movie because it when the title came up, it said it still had the original title. It's just the way they're promoting it and advertising. Right? It. They're no, they're like people don't know what Birds of Prey is. Um, it's still not doing well. It's uh, it came in second this weekend to Sonic. Ugh. Which yeah, which which people are saying is pretty good. There's they're no, saying Sonic is good. They're saying it's fun. They said Jim Carrey is really funny in it. Yeah, they're like they said it's like classic Jim Carrey. I'll give them props for Sonic for redesigning the Hedgehog after the internet lost its mind. It, it looked bad. It looked and they terrible. Made it look better. And they made it look better. And it's just like uh, I hope all those people that were so upset about that went to go see that movie. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just too old to care about Sonic. Yeah, it's like I played Sonic as a kid, and I don't care about this movie. No, it's like, like why would you make a movie about? I don't a, care about the characters. Yeah, it's like I would be down to go see a Sonic movie if it was anything like the game where he's in like his own world and nope, it's like he's in the real world but he's in the real world it's yeah. like why would i want to i don't care about that the only thing that makes me interested is jim carrey's being jim carrey and sonic is helping out james marsden who i always like james marsden's like chris pine every yeah, time he, i see him in something i'm like oh that guy i like that guy i always like him but in every single movie he plays the same guy and that guy yeah, he is plays a nice guy the nice guy who the girl leaves for a different guy except 30 rock 
Liz Lemon ends up with James Marsden at the end of 30 Rock. Spoilers for 30 Rock. Right, but doesn't she leave him for other people in between them getting back together? Mm, I don't think so. Mm. But the final episode, they're together. Well... Final episode there. Wait to get... till they reboot that. <laughs> she leaves him in the reboot. Spoilers alert. Yeah. And Westworld. Well, they've given him more to do in Westworld, but I never saw season two of Westworld. Um, I didn't have HBO when they did yeah, season two. And... I really, really liked season one of Westworld, and I was uh, season two. I was very excited for, and it was less good than season one. That's what I've heard. So I'm like, yeah. I have. We got HBO back because Renee wanted to see Game of Thrones, and now. Now Curb is on, and Curb is as good as it has ever been. Another reboot? Oh, uh, not really a reboot. It's just he just oh, takes, he's just coming. Back. It's a new season. Yeah. yeah, he just takes a long time. Yeah, this is season ten, and he's been doing it for twenty years. He's not hurting for money though, so you know he can. He only does it because he thinks it's fun, and yeah. that and that's why I like watching it. I was watching an interview with Susie Essman, who's been on it since the beginning, and she's like, "They said who like who breaks." in the scene the most because you know the, sh- the show's all improv oh right so people don't know what they're gonna say and she's like it's always Larry she's like oh, Larry really? always laughs and ruins a take and I realized that's why he's doing it because he's having a good time he just wants to get his friends together so they can make him laugh yeah. and then at the end of it he's like he puts it on HBO right so he's he didn't need money when he started this 20 years ago right um, but the last few episodes have been hilarious so we are not dropping hbo yeah um and we've been watching avenue five which is interesting i never um, heard of that armando and got it's a sci-fi show with uh hugh laurie oh i heard that sucked the space I show i like it oh i had heard like i think my roommates tried to watch it and they were like it's terrible but then like one of them doesn't even like sci-fi so i'm like we won't I, like this show it's like veep it's the cre- the guy yeah. who created veep so it's people on a spaceship being assholes to each other right um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have been in other things. There's like, oh, oh, that guy was on a bunch of the episodes of The Office. That guy was in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of people that are really good. Uh, I watched the first three and I liked them. Mm-hmm. It's coming back for season two, and part of me was like, I don't need a season two. Yeah, it's like I got it. You it's know? not Barry, right? And uh, Barry's so funny. I couldn't get into Barry. Barry's. Barry's I tried like two or three episodes. I was like, it's like it's funny, but I was just like, ah. Uh, stay with it. It's one of those where. Like Watchmen. It's one of those where once you get to like episodes five or six, the storylines start coming together and then you go, oh, now I know. Because the first few episodes, you're like, what am I watching? What's yeah. going on? I, I did start uh, Watchmen last night. Yeah, what do you think? Um, four episodes in. It's incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I, I want to like apologize to everybody. I was like, yeah, it looked terrible. Because it did. It, the preview sucked. Yeah, for that show. It did. And, and I am like uh and I've hated, loving it. I've hated everything they've done with Watchmen except the the original book. Yeah. I did I hated the movie. Yeah. I didn't like the uh the before before Watchmen, Watchmen series. Comics, I'm like, yeah. nobody else should touch this except Alan Moore. Yeah. And I think what he what Damon Lindelof did, and Damon Lindelof's got a sh- uh, shoddy track record. Because I'm like, he's really good and then he's not so good. I yeah. mean he created Lost. I oh mean, yeah. There's no perfect example of you know a guy that's not reliable than a guy yeah, who created law right it's but, a metaphor yeah but he he he's just kind of i cre- he created his own story in that universe and as you go on and i'm not going to say spoilers for you or anyone listening 
but he's he will pull in more and more of the characters and the themes and the plot from the book. Yeah, and it'll come together. But yeah, he said um, he's saying that's it. He does not that's want what I've to do heard, a season two. And I think a truckload of money might change his mind. But I'm four episodes in, so I'm he's, halfway. He's still through. a guy that created Lost. He's got money. That's true. He's not hurting for it either. Yeah, Lost was the last gigantic network show, and as much as people wasn't Game of Thrones. Or was that's that not HBO. network? I mean, I mean, of the four major networks, oh, okay. though, Lost was probably the last huge thing. Yeah, I'd say that's so. He probably true. got he must have gotten a boatload of money. Yeah, I, I mean, even though the last seasons were like what? Mm-hmm. Those first few seasons, everybody, everyone was, super was I was into watching. It. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed it all the way through, and then I tried watching it again. I was like, man, yeah, I don't think I'll ever revisit it. Um, but yeah, I was uh, very surprised with Watchmen, and my roommates they were uh, out. Uh, to, like a friend's house and she, uh, they got back and I think it was in the second episode or something and they're like what are you watching I'm like this is Watchmen and like do you like it and I'm like I think so because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was still pretty early and then I'm like I'm four episodes in now and I'm just like uh I'm just like, when, when's this podcast over? I got to go <laughs> get home and finish Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I roped you into doing an errand one day. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I got to uh, go yeah. to my folks anyway. It's pretty It it's pretty great. And we had a lot of people asking us when it aired. They yeah. were like, you're going to do a Watchmen episode. You're going to do a Watchmen episode. And both of us were like, we're not watching that. Yeah, I remember talking to Marco about it. And he's like, it's so good. And I'm like, "It's it looks like trash. And I, now I'm just like, sorry, Marco, you were right. This show, is, this show is great. I literally... There, there's probably no better metaphor, but the way I watched it was I started watching it on my iPad while fixing a toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how much attention I was right. giving it. I was like, ugh, this toilet's going to take me an hour. <laughs> what, what can I watch that I don't care about? Yeah. <laughs> and Picard hadn't come back, so I wasn't rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation. That's great. So, um, but anyway, you did not see Birds of Prey, right? No, I didn't. I so was we busy went, watching Watchmen. We went on Valentine's Day. I was, um, we were going to go last week and I got really sick all last week, weekend. Um, so I couldn't go, but everybody kept saying, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. I ran into, I went to, um, saw our friend Mike Kaplan, who was Mr. Waynes, who, um, I bought a bunch of, spent a lot of money on Mezco cable. <laughs> <laughs> More than one. His highlights up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's in multiple uniforms. Um, he actually comes with a stupid spear that's like telekinetic oh, spear the, he had for a uh, while. Scotty's son or whatever. Yeah, he had it when like Chris Claremont started writing X Men again. Uh, that was another. Those were not good. No, no, no. Uh, I just I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but. I bought the omnibus a couple months ago because I was like, oh, here's a big run I've never read. And I yeah. got to the end of it. I was like, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. There's a reason Joe Quesada begged Grant Morrison to start writing yeah. X-Men. And it's that run of Chris Claremont's I don't really X-Men. know of any other property at Marvel that maybe Fantastic Four does this, but less to an insane, insane extent because there's not as many books. But X-Men is like one of those things where it's just like, uh, it it can be some of the greatest comics in the world, and it can be some of the worst. It's like it, it just goes up and yeah. then down. It's a roller coaster. Down. Yeah. It's like what other book does that to yeah, that extent? Fant- Fantastic Four is a lot more low key because it's either a great book that not enough people are reading. Or it's a book that you've forgotten about. Right. It's And it's like, it's X, one book X, or two books tops. Yes. You know, it's like X-Men could be seven <laughs> books. <laughs> Three books or 12 books. Yeah. And they could be 12 books that are all bad. And they all cross over. Yep. Uh, I'm still liking Hickman, though. They had a sale on Hickman. I read issue four of X-Men, and I really liked it. 
Yes, uh, the newest issue came out um, this I past Wednesday. have not read that yet. And I'm still digging the monthly X-Men book. I have since dropped all of the tie-ins except for Excalibur and my last issue of Excalibur might be my last <laughs> issue of Excalibur. It's like yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I did that with Batman. I um I missed an episode of Amazing Spider-Man. I have a subscription to Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And they didn't send one. So I emailed them and I was like, "Hey, you sent me 38 and you never sent me 37." Yeah. And then they uh, to their credit, I believe Midtown Comics handles them, and I've been going to Midtown Comics for 20 years. They're, they are one of the best stores in the country. Yeah. It, they're, they have three of them in Manhattan. They're amazing stores to walk through. Paul owns it. He's the sweetest guy in the world. Um, and they got back, I believe they handled Marvel and DC subscriptions now. They got back to me within an hour, and they were like, hey, this is what we can do. We can uh, look. For, they didn't even... They didn't even try to prove that I didn't get it. They right. were like, oh, sorry. They were like, we can look for it in the warehouse, and if we have it in the warehouse, we'll send it to you. Yeah. Or we can just extend your subscription by one issue. And I wrote back, extend it by one issue, I'll go to Yeah, go to Graham Crackers and grab it. Yeah, so I went to Challengers. Challengers just opened a second store in River North. Yeah, you were telling me about that. That's, it's uh, really nice. On them. It drives me... Uh, it's about two blocks away from my wife's office, so it it made like a nice excuse to go. Hey, I'll meet you for lunch. It's around the corner from my old office, which makes me insane. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I could be here every day. Yeah, but I went there, picked up Amazing Spider-Man, and then I was like, Well, I got one issue in my hand. I'm here. What else do I get? And they had the first three issues of James Tynion's Batman. And I dropped oh, it. Oh, the, uh, the guy writing it after Tom King. Yeah, I dropped it after Tom King. And I was like, I'll pick those up. And I read the three of them like, yeah, no. I think I'm not coming back. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time in a long time that I'm not coming back to Batman. Although I can't say that I've never done it. I think um, Amazing Spider-Man, I've taken less breaks than Batman because like, the whole war games and Batman Fugitive and Batman Murderer, I didn't buy any of those. I think I liked uh, war games, but um, I think like Fugitive and all these other things, I was those like, were not good. it's kind of when I realized like, oh, I don't care to read Batman every <laughs> month. I don't need to do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I dropped it many times. In fact, No Man's Land, which I loved, it was just too many books. It was like every now and then Batman thinks it's X-Men. Yes. And it was like five, six books a month, and I didn't have money. I was working at the Museum of Television and Radio. I was making $7 an hour to tell people about Sid Caesar. Yeah. In a tie. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I dropped, I didn't get those, and I ended up coming back and getting them. But yeah, I don't think I'm coming back to Batman. And That's interesting. It's an interesting time for you. Yeah, I'm staying with Amazing Spider-Man. I'm still liking it. Um, the last couple of issues have been out of the crossovers. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I, I enjoy Nick Spencer writing Spider-Man. Yeah, I if like If they're going to leave him alone. Writing Spider-Man, but I, it's one of those ones where I'm always just kind of like, you sigh a little before you read it because it's like I haven't been digging. The run's not been bad, but it's kind of no. like a slow burn. The last few story arcs have been pulled into other stuff. Right. And it's not as strong. But then I was talking to Dave about it and... Uh, He's like, you're used to reading Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I got the last issue, but I haven't read it yet. It's like him and Jameson on a podcast, and he, Dave's just like, a lot of word balloons in that issue, and I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah, I do get... It's going to be hard. I do have that feeling. I was reading the Peter David X-Factors. I was like, these are 90s comics. going to fly through these. And he was... Very wordy? He was a lot wordier because he was like the anti-image guy. Right. Um, and, you know, Hulk's really smart at the time. And But I, I would flip the page on my iPad. I go, all right. 
<laughs> it's like i don't mind reading you know, like 35 books, word balloons but on it's this like page. uh i like to know it's like uh, you go into like um uh re- reading old claremont comics i'm like oh this could be wordy you know yeah. claremont's yeah. a wordsmith when i'm reading a modern comic it's kind of just like you know this shouldn't last longer than a bowel movement you know what i mean right. it's just like let's wrap this up well that's you know? what i love about tom king tom king is a great writer and yes. not a lot of words. No. I, and you'd fly through those comics. That two and a half minutes it would take yeah. me to read a Batman. But, but they're really good stories. You go back and reread yes. the six issue run and you go, that was a really right. satisfying story. It is. So anyway, um, usually uh, so, we would spend an hour talking about this movie. But since you haven't seen it, um, there's not a lot to say. But I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Yeah. I really liked it. And it was... I had the same feeling in the theater that I had watching Shazam, where I went to Shazam going like, well, it's a superhero movie. I know this character. They finally made a movie. I'll go watch it. Um, I pretty much see every Marvel and DC movie unless I hear it's a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Um, Like, I did not go to Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. I did not go to Dark Phoenix. Right. Didn't Um, see either of those. But, you know, anything that the MCU is putting out is going to be good. So far. (laughs) I, we're 20 movies in. Come on. They have to have a bomb at some point. It's like Pixar. It's math. <laughs> Pixar took about four bad movies for me to stop going. Yeah. It was like... Cars 6. It was Cars... I, I, I can tell you, it was Cars 3, Brave, and The Good Dinosaur, where I was like, all right, I'm not always going to go anymore. Right. I just saw Toy Story 4 because they added it to Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. It was all right. Yeah. I don't know how many more Toy Stories we need. We needed... We didn't need four. Yeah, maybe that might be the limit. Maybe three was the yeah, golden number there. It's pretty good. Like on Disney Plus, it's pretty good, but it it doesn't feel monumental the way the other three did. Right. You know, the other three were just these huge, impactful stories. Some of the best CG animated movies ever. And the fourth one's just like okay. It's like Keen Peel's in it, and they're right. funny. Tony Hale is really funny in it. Who's uh, from Arrested Development and Veep? Um, but like, oh, is he uh, uh, Buster? Yeah, Buster. Yeah. yeah, he plays a fork. He plays a. Uh, oh, he's the fork. He's the fork. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Keanu Reeves is in it. Keanu Reeves is in it as like an evil Knievel doll. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but it's like, like Toy Story three. I was like, we don't need more of these, and then it was just so good with like Ned Beatty and Michael Keaton and the, yeah, and the daycare center and the dump, and I was like, whoa, we've taken this as far as we can, and then like Toy Story four's got like an antique store, right? <laughs> it's like. Uh, what are we doing you know the, the fork is great because the fork bonnie the little girl from toy story 3 is like nervous in class and she gets an activity so she makes a doll out of the fork and it uh but tony hale doesn't think he's a doll he thinks he's a fork that should be thrown away oh so he spends half of the movie jumping in a trash can <laughs> that's great <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah. like if you have disney plus go ahead and watch it but it was not worth running to the theater yeah um, uh, how did uh, does Birds of Prey like tie in anything, or is it just Birds like its of own? Pre- it's interesting. It's Birds of Prey is kind of its own. It's uh, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, and they're I don't even know why they decided to keep the Birds of Prey name because you could tell over the drafts of the movie it became the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, Margot Robbie is really good in this. I did not care about her in Suicide Squad. And I saw her in other things I like, like Wolf of Wall Street or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, apparently, Bombshell is great, but I didn't see it. Uh, and I'm like, okay, she's a decent actress. She's just not. She's not just the pretty girl we throw in things, right? Like, uh, like Heather Graham was like that for a while. Like 
Heather Graham was not that good, but they just kept putting her in things like Austin Powers and Bowfinger because she was like pretty and would say the lines they would give her. Right. Margot Robbie's pretty good. Um, and Suicide Squad was not a good movie. But she, you can tell she really enjoys playing Harley Quinn. She gets it. Her, um, her Brooklyn accent is still fake, but she's Australian. And right. this is about as good as you yeah. can expect. I mean, Arlene Sorkin used to live in New York. She had it down. Right. Um, it's as, it's better than Suicide Squad, but it feels like, it doesn't feel like the Birds of Prey comic. It feels like the Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor run of Harley Quinn. And it pulls a lot from there. She's got, she lives above the Chinese restaurant. She's got the stuffed beaver that she talks to. Uh, she's got the hyena. She's broken up with the Joker. We only see the Joker from behind. Yeah. So it's still that kind of where it could be Heath Ledger. It's coming. Well, it's coming. Or uh, what's his name? Jared Leto? Yeah. It's, it lines up with her story in Suicide Squad, but it's not reminding you that it was Jared Leto, especially yeah. now that. Um, Joker has done so they, well. They gave a fucking Oscar to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, they gave an Oscar to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, they also gave an Oscar to Heath Ledger. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, they're not going to put Joaquin Phoenix next to Margot Robbie. The tones don't fit. Oh, yeah. This movie is fun and big and loud and silly uh, on purpose. It could never line up with Joker. But, yeah, and it should. But now in the minds of everyone, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. So th- that's going to be a problem moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she's like totally broken up with Joker. You don't see him at all in the, fl- you see him in the flashback scenes from behind. Like they show her as a doctor in Arkham Asylum for a second. They recreate her getting like thrown into the vat and like Joker pulling her out, but you don't see Jared Leto's face. Yeah. And also we know Margot Robbie is going to play Harley Quinn and James Gunn's Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. So we're definitely carrying an arc that we're going to make her consistent. Okay. So it's pretty clear that when she shows up in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, it's going to be the Harley that comes out of Birds of Prey. Right. Um, if you don't mind spoilers, uh, yeah, just, says, there's it. nothing really huge or major in it, but mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, um, she's th- the Birds of Prey is created with her, and then she leaves. And at the end of the movie, she literally says, like, they're going to be fine. So if, well, the idea is like if they do a Birds of Prey 2, and the movie's not doing that well, so yeah, I don't know that probably they will. Won't. I have a feeling this movie will do really well on streaming because I think it's going to be – it wants to be Deadpool, but it's doing what people thought Deadpool was going to do. And that's the thing I don't understand. I mean William Goldman said it in his book Adventures in Screenwriting in Hollywood – that nobody knows anything. Like, nobody knows what's going to be a hit. Nobody right. knows what's not going to be a hit. No one's got a crystal ball. I don't know why this isn't a hit and why um, Deadpool was a hit. Yeah. I don't know why Shazam did okay and Aquaman was huge. I don't know why Wonder, Man, Wonder Woman was a big hit and Justice League. Well, Justice League wasn't good. I can point right, to yeah, that. because it was garbage. Yeah, it's a pile but of trash. I don't know why it's not <laughs> doing better because Margot Robbie is a big name. Yeah. And they've got her all over the posters. There was not a lot of marketing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew it was coming out because comic books and, yeah, but you know, we're running in those circles, my... but I don't know how many people beyond mm. that. Now, it came out in aware. February. It, um, I guess did they think it was going to be like a Deadpool because Deadpool came out in February and did huge. I, th- I guess so. Uh, but it's, there was so little marketing that my son learned the movie was out when I asked him to babysit. Because you were going to I see said, it Mom and night. I are going to the movies. What are you going to see? The Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. Oh, that's out? Yeah. He's 12. Right. He's 12 and he's on YouTube 
all the all time. The time. He should have seen a commercial. He's on YouTube and video games. He's exact. I mean, it's a rated R movie. It also does not deserve to be a rated R movie. Yeah. It, I would have let him see it because the violence is all PG-13. No sex in it. Somebody drops an F-bomb. They drop about 30 F-bombs. There and I think go. I yeah. think they did it. To, I think you get like one or two F-bombs and then they're like, no, nah, this is rated R. Yeah, you, I think they did it to get the R rating so they would be seen like Deadpool. Oh, okay. But the movie itself, like, the movie itself works. It's not gratuitous. Um, everybody's good in it. And it's, because uh, it's all good names. I, I forget who plays Black Canary. I feel like I'd seen her in something, but she was really good. But uh, Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Huntress. Um, Ewan McGregor is really interesting as Black Mask. Yeah, I've heard that era like, this is the best villain since the Joker or whatever. Everyone's He's like, really? good. Um, didn't realize this until we were kind of into it. Zaz is his henchman. There's a lot of Zaz. It's Black Mask and Zaz working together for a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Zaz is good. Zaz is not quite as good as he, as he was in Gotham because uh, the actor who played him in Gotham is now on Barry. And he's amazing on Barry. Uh, but they're basically the mob. He does put on the full mask at the end of the movie. It looks a lot like the Arkham kind of games. Yeah. In fact, the final fight is in Amusement Mile. It's in the, it's in like an abandoned theme park that she and the Joker had. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the abandoned theme park from Arkham City. <laughs> Just save down production design. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yeah build it, this. Or it's like, that was popular. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun. So as as you get into it, you realize I didn't realize in the first scene, but there's just one scene where you realize Ewan McGregor is playing this part gay. Oh, really? And he's playing it really gay. Yeah. <laughs> he gets like <laughs> he he gets mincy in one scene. Yeah, like he's wearing a pink suit and showing people his masks. Wow, <laughs> and getting very upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's really good. I've never seen Ewan McGregor play a villain. Yeah. I don't know that he has. I was actually has. trying to think of, like, any time I've even seen him play, like, a crazy person. You know what I mean? Or, like, a nut type yeah. character. Well, I mean, Dr. Sleep, he's disturbed. Yeah. Because he's Danny. I, but he's still a good guy in that. Yeah, and Dr. Sleep was another movie. This is, like, the second movie in a row that Ewan McGregor made that people said is really good and it didn't do well. Right. Dr. Sleep did not do well. And people said it was great, and I still want to see it. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, he's he's having fun with it. Like you could tell, he's like, "Oh, I get to be a villain, right?" I'm gonna be. As you hear that a lot when you possible. see um, interviews with different actors and stuff, where they talk yeah. about, "Oh, you know, I never get to play a villain. I always get cast as a hero." And it's like villains, you definitely, definitely have more fun. I think playing a villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's easier to do too. Yeah. You know, unless you're Jared Leto. Well, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless you're following your you're, you're, you're bookend by Oscar winning jokers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's really fun. Like if you, uh, it doesn't even matter if you like suicide squad or not. It does a good, it does a good job of introducing Harley. And there's a nice subplot where, um, I've never seen this before. Is she's she she's broken up with Joker. I think basically in Suicide Squad they break up, but that movie's so muddled that a lot of that stuff was cut out. All I remember was that Joker pushes her out of a helicopter. Yeah, and I think that breaks them up. I who knows? I don't know. But she's already broken up. But there's a, a good subplot where she's afraid that anyone will find out they're broken up because they make it clear that she can do whatever she wants in Gotham City because mm. people are afraid of the Joker. No one's afraid of her. Right. And as people start finding out that she's broken up, they start coming after her. Gotcha. And then the whole plot revolves... That's an interesting idea. Yeah, and the whole plot revolves around Cassandra Kane, who's not Batgirl in this, but she's like... um, She's like a... 
she's like a kid. She's like a 14 year old kid who's a pickpocket. Mm-hmm. And she basically, not to get too deep into the MacGuffin of it, but she basically steals a diamond that's like worth a billion dollars for another plot point, And she swallows it. So everybody's after her to get it because she can't give it up. And yeah. Harley's protecting her while thinking maybe she can make money off her. When she poops it. Poop diamond. There's a lot of poop <laughs> yeah. talk in it. Yeah. There's a, like every time that every time it slows down, she's giving her prune juice and laxatives. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. And then they get into they get into the Huntress's whole deal with like the Bertinelli mob clan. And um they take a while to introduce her, but they do a good job. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead's really good. I forgot how tall she is. She towers over everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the girl from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And she did the third season of Fargo with Ewan McGregor. She she and Ewan McGregor were a couple mm-hmm. in the whole s- season. So they've already worked together. But she's really good in it. Um, it's kind of nice to see Rosie Perez again, like Rosie Perez in her 50s. Yeah. You know, she, um, she's just the older kind of Puerto Rican lady. She's not like the cute, annoying voice Puerto Rican lady that she yeah. was. But uh, I... It's fun. It's real. It's fun in that way. Shazam was fun, where Shazam was very easy to ignore. It was like I don't yeah. have to go sh- see Shazam. But then when you see it, it was that feeling. I was about an hour into Shazam, and I was like, "Wait, I really like this movie." It was the same feeling I had watching the first Iron Man in the theater. Like I went into the fir- an Iron Man. You know, looking back is amazing. Um, and neither Shazam nor Birds of Prey is as good as Iron Man. But it was that same feeling of like, yeah, I guess I'll go see this because it's this character it's I know. It's a superhero movie, yeah. Yeah, it's a superhero movie. Let's go. And there weren't as many of them. Yeah. And then you're about an hour in, and it was around the time that he's like, it's around the time where they're shooting missiles at Tony, and he calls Rhodey, and he's like, yeah, it's me in the suit. Oh, yeah. I, I was sitting in the theater, and... uh Mike Lawrence was sitting next to me in the aisle because there were no seats. <laughs> and he wanted to sit next to us and there were no seats. So he just sat on the steps next to me the whole time. And I just remember thinking, wow, this I've loved everything this movie has done so far. Yeah. This movie hasn't done anything that I've cringed at. And up until that point, every superhero movie has done something yeah. that bothered me. I think it's it's kind of like funny to remember is like, yeah, going to see that Iron Man movie, it was just like I lumped it in before I'd seen it. I was like, well, hopefully this will be, you know, like Daredevil or Fantastic Four. It's like, it's kind yeah, of enjoyable. That's what they expected. Marvel yeah. was like, if this does as well as Fantastic Four, right, we'll, we'll be considered a win. And it was so much different than that. Yeah, it was so very good. I love the fact that uh, John Favreau basically created the tone of Marvel movies because they're all. Yeah, they're, they're all, all totally connected to and Iron Man. Some of them are basically remakes of that same movie. You, Doctor Anybody's Strange, Origin, yeah, yeah. They're very much <laughs> like, oh, this is this is just the same movie with Doctor Strange. Yeah. In and it. anytime Tony Stark has appeared in anything, it's like, yep, you're continuing what John Favreau created. Yeah. I love the fact that John Favreau won't direct for Marvel anymore, but he'll keep showing up. As he'll happy. be happy. Yeah, <laughs> he'll act in any Marvel yeah. movie. Um, but Birds of Prey had the same feeling. I was like, oh, I really enjoyed. The action is great. There's uh there's some really it feels like Deadpool because they have some fun with the angles on it not nearly as violent. There's a scene where she goes into a uh, it's all in Gotham City and they do that interesting thing with Gotham City that they did in Joker of like I don't know what city this is but if oh, like it, where they shot it is it feels like a very real city it's not that like 
completely designed Tim Burton Gotham City right. that doesn't exist except on sound stages. But it's also not the Christopher Nolan like that's LaSalle Street. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan was basically just like shut down parts of like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Chicago and yeah. be like, don't change anything about it. My opinion of Dark Knight completely changed when I moved to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I had been to Chicago probably 12 times before Dark Knight came out. Right. Uh, but once I lived here, I was like, now every every street that I'm like, wait, they're just it, the same thing happened to me with Blues Brothers when they where they're they have the car chase and Blues Brothers. Yeah. Now I recognize the location. Where I'm like, they're just circling the city for like an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like there's not that much like of a footprint when you're looking for like going downtown, like around and right? around yeah. and around. And yeah. it's like watching the Transformers movies, and you'd see them because one of them was filmed here, and then you know they're they're driving in one direction, and they're like, we're going to wherever they were going, and I'm like. No, you're not. You're going, that's the wrong fucking way, buddy. Transformers was the first movie they made here when I lived here because I had to walk around oh, them yeah. shooting it. I still have never seen it. Um, it's not great. It sucked. No. It, I, I don't th- know why I saw it. I, I stopped after one. I hated the first one. Yeah. And Transformers is one of those things that I can say I grew out of. I liked it a lot when I was a kid and it started. By the time that animated movie came out and they killed Optimus Prime, I was done yeah i was in high school and then all of the new figures they showed me i didn't like because they didn't transform into anything i recognized because they were all like future cars right future planes and i was like fuck this and then uh judge oh judge canned the movie they were gonna put out because the transformers movie didn't do well and they just put it out as a miniseries and that thing is fucking nuts yeah it's a mess that came out when I started high school and I was like, yep, I'm done with this too. Yeah. This is both of these things can live in the past now. Yeah. And then Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles came out. Well, Ghostbusters, the animated series and figures. And I started getting those and I was like, yeah, these are goofy kid stuff. Yeah. And then I just waited around for Toy Biz to start making Batman. And then Batman <laughs> happened. Yeah. I had Beetlejuice figures. I was yeah. like, there's a part of me that can't not collect action figures. Yeah, I was talking about that uh, with my roommate. She's just like, what are all these action figures? I'm like, it's like my childhood. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's you know. It's all my fault. Right. Well, mostly, yeah. Did you tell Jordan that it's my fault? Yeah, mostly. She knows. She knew. <laughs> um, but the. Um, I told I Mike hear... and Mr. Waynes that you're very scared of Toy Fair next week. Yeah, it's a, it's something I used to be excited about because you'd be like, oh, cool. Like, what are they going to make that is going to look cool? Now it's like, oh, fuck. What are they going to make that I just I, I'm, I'm like, I need now. <laughs> yeah, no, I there there's like a price tag that pops in my head at the end of Toy Fair. Right yeah. Now. All right. That's going to be All right, okay. so this sets 100. And this is 220. Yeah. Um, I heard that uh, Batman, the animated series is getting a comic relaunch. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting. Paul They're doing Dini? S- Paul Dini's writing six issues. It's yeah. going to be digital first, which is probably how I'll get it. Uh, but it's going to be set after the second series, and it's going to include the figures that they're making because they announced last year. They announced that the next couple of sets of the animated figures DC collectibles are making were all characters that were never on the series. And I was like, fuck that! Yeah. Because it was like Deathstroke and Azrael and Red Hood, and I was like, get out of here! And then immediately Paul Dini's like, well, we got six issues, and it's going to include Red Hood and Deathstroke and Azrael. Yeah. And I'm Dude, like, that was planned. I'm going to read that. I think it was... I think it was planned. I, it's hard to say, because figures take longer to produce... Then oh there go the X Men omnibuses. Just yeah, I'm sure collapsed. that got recorded. Yeah, because <laughs> they're so heavy. Yeah, that was like from uh, Whedon to Morrison just <laughs> fell over. It's better than the shelf collapsing, which has happened. Which is what happened. Yeah, <laughs> with X Men omnibuses. Yeah. Um, 
So I think they had the figures and then and then I think there was discussion like, hey, some people aren't excited because they weren't on the series and we don't make the series anymore. Well, what if we got the comic to do it? Okay, how do we get people to what if Paul Dini wrote the comic? Yeah. And Paul Dini's done a lot of DC comics. People forget that. Yeah, I uh um I, I always forget about Paldini writing comics because he his footprint's a lot smaller than a lot of other writers. But, I mean, some of the best DC comics are written by Paldini. Yeah, well, people forget that he was writing Detective when Grant Morrison was writing Batman. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's a great one. And there's, yes. there's no omnibus of it, but they did no. trade. They did yeah, trade it's all everything. traded. It's really and good. And then it was like Grant Morrison after a year, he— a year or two he jumped over and then he did Streets of Gotham. Yeah, that was at, another awesome series. And at the same time he did Gotham City Sirens, which you cannot buy. There is an omnibus and there are trades of that, but you cannot get those the issues. issues. Cause it that Just book was, was Harley, so Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. Catwoman and Riddler was in it a lot. Yes. Um, when Riddler was trying to be like a good guy. Yeah, he did it in he both was up to fuckery. It was both his de- uh, both in his detective run and Gotham City Sirens that Riddler was trying to redeem himself as yeah, a detective. Like helping the police is he's, like a special... Yeah, he's like, I'm the smartest man in Gotham. And yeah. he's like, he wasn't evil, but he was a scumbag. Yeah, because he's still a jerk, Yeah, you know? He's still um, walking around in a green suit pretending he's smarter than yeah. you. But then Paul Dini did all those books with Alex Ross. Right, yeah, those, the oversized ones, those yeah. Those oversized ones, and then um, he did... Uh, um, he, he did something else with Ross. I mean, he might have written Justice... No, that's not Paulini. That was uh, oh, that was Jim Kruger. Kruger, his EarthX uh, partner. Yeah, but Paulini's done. But yeah, I've... done a lot. Of, and of course, um, Mad Love, Paulini and Bruce Tim did together. Yes, a couple of years before they did as an episode, it was a comic first, which was cool. Yeah, so him coming back to the animated universe and using these characters that are canon in DC Comics but haven't been used in the animated series, it kind of makes me want to get the figures now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's all oh, takes. what if, what if Red takes. Hood's amazing in it? It's great that you just can't make that cognitive leap until you see it. You know, you had the same problem we were talking about. It has the... to be canon. Well, it it is, and but it's like the example I was going to use is uh, that Mandalorian. The figures got released, and I was like, "Are you going to get the Mandalorian?" Because you have all the Star Wars black figures, and you're like, "I don't think so. I don't really know if I'll care about him." And then it was just like, then the show comes out, and it's just like, now you want him, but you can't get can't him because he's not available. No, I have the big. You know? I have the. The big Mandalorian, the John Favreau Mandalorian, and I have the Taika Waititi, the robot, uh, Taika Waititi IG88. I have those. I still haven't found a Mandalorian. Yeah. But you know what? I don't have Rogue One figures. I don't have Rise of Skywalker figures. So yeah. there's been a lot of movies that have come out that I'm like, eh. Yeah, really but you, you just said 20 minutes ago that the Mandalorian is your second favorite thing behind Empire yeah. Strikes Back, and you have all the Empire figures, John. Oh, yeah. And in <laughs> fact, the 2020 is the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah? So they've got a ton of stuff coming. They, yeah. they got a deluxe probot coming. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's yeah. huge. You it's huge. It? And I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to get it because it goes... Bam, 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 yeah. Bam, bam, bam. I love that thing. Yeah. It's a um, trash can. Yeah, they're doing a new like Luke with a new head. And then I'm like, eh, I'm probably going to get it. <laughs> Luke with a new head. Um, yeah, I... Empire, New Hope and Empire, I'm usually a sucker for those figures. Yeah. Jedi, I'm like, nah, I never got Jabba. I never got um, the Gamorrean Guard. I, um, they haven't made any Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, so surprise, surprise. But I did get the Biker Scout because those are awesome. Yeah, those are cool. And designs. I got Lando in the... 
like the, I get the land the skiff in the disguise. Yeah. Which, by the way, was one of my favorite things about Solo that that was just in the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah. And like yeah. Woody Harrelson was wearing. It. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was a nice little nod. I just recently we watched that like a couple months ago. The movie's not bad. It's not bad. It's it's definitely like uh, definitely looks exactly like what it is. Is it a movie that was going to be a garbage movie that Ron Howard saved? I don't know. I'm like. Uh, I usually do this to piss off those trolls, but anytime people say release the Snyder Cut... That I, doesn't exist? I say release the Lord Miller Cut of Solo. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to see what the Lego guys... the guys who What made, they were thinking. Well, the guys who made Lego Batman. How did the Lego Batman guys make a Star Wars movie? I want to know. The greatest thing in the world. This week. So I... Uh, after we finished last Sunday... I went home and I don't know what I did for the rest of the day, but then uh, it was like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. And I was like, I'm going to go see if anything new has been added to this voodoo account. And um, I saw Chernobyl was on there from HBO. And I was like, oh, sure. (laughs) Life's not terrible enough. Let's see what the worst nuclear disaster in human history was all about. I've been afraid to watch that because... If you thought BoJack Horseman depressed you, I can't imagine what Chernobyl would do. To me. And it and this really happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, so I was up until I think like one in the morning watching it uh, on Sunday, and then I finished it Monday after work. So it's like six hours or something, or maybe a little over six hours because you know hour long episodes or something, and it's horrifying. And uh, it's it's done really really well uh, in terms of like how the show's laid out, and then. Uh, fa- factual accuracy as terms of like what happened and what they did and they kind of just show this like herculean monumental task of like cleaning this like mess up and uh it's it's i yeah i don't <laughs> it's like i'd recommend it because it's well done and i think people should be aware of uh this terrible horrific thing that happened and yeah uh, the sacrifices made by people that literally saved the world, you know? Um, but I think it's also something where it's just like, um, you know, uh, just, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice a couple days for this, you know what I mean? Because it's gonna, it's gonna sit with you for a while. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it's like a, a soft recommend, <laughs> you know, it's like, don't recommend it if you're peckish or anything, you know, I, I mean? will probably do Westworld season two. Before yeah. I yeah. Maybe do that all. first and you know, yeah, I think, um, um, birds of prey was probably the biggest thing I did, but uh, as I said, I went to Mr. Wayne's the other day, and uh, Mezco just keeps pumping them out. Uh, I just had an exchange with uh, I just had an exchange with our good friend Joe Franzum, who refuses to come on the podcast. That's his title, by the way, Joe, Joe Franzum, who refuses to come, come on, on the podcast. podcast. Um, so every Mezco figure that's come out, uh, I've asked him. I'm like, should I get this? Should I get? Because they're expensive. They're like they they're about eighty bucks yeah. each. Um, and I'm like, sure, I'll get Batman. I'll get Spider-Man. Right. I'll get my favorite guys. for the big ones. They mo- mostly make the A-listers. Yeah, I'll get Joker. I order, I pre-ordered Harley. I pre-ordered Two-Face. Um, but then, like, I'm like, ah, oh, do I need Magneto? I don't know that I need Magneto. And every time I questioned him, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, did you get Magneto? Is Magneto good? And then he's like, oh, it's fucking beautiful. It's just every, every single <laughs> every guy. Every time. And if you want to know... Um, what your friends was like because he refuses to come on the podcast. Imagine if Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul yes. collected toys. Yes, he's the exact same guy. Yeah, he's yeah. like in his 50s, bald, 
grizzled, gruff, very gruff. Yeah, uh, it's one of the reasons he's one of my best friends in the world. But you know what? Anytime I, anytime I land in New York, he's like, "I'm gonna pick you up. We're gonna go to Midtown Comics. Then we're gonna go go Mark Time Toys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then we go toy shopping. Yeah. So, um, I sent him a text of a picture of the bookcase I have. Yeah. in my figure room which is now filled with those Mezco boxes. Each one of them is about the size of an omnibus. Right. So it's like an omnibus for each figure. And now it's like four shelves. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I sent him that picture and he texted back, holy shit, what did you do, you fucking maniac? <laughs> <laughs> he did it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I texted back, I blame you. Yeah, it's your fault. But I stopped by, uh, but in the last week, um, I wanted to get something. Uh, and so I picked up the Magneto from Am- Amazon. Because I asked him, I'm like, how's Magneto? Can I, do I need an X-Men villain? He's a beautiful. That's what he said. <laughs> and then I got him. And yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's got a wired cape. That's cool. He's got attachments on his hand, which are magnets. He's got an attachment that's like radiating out of his fingers that's taking apart a gun. And it's got like oh, 25 yeah. pieces of it's a like gun. It's like an exploded version of a gun. Yes. Yeah. That he's, uh, and he's great. And he comes with an unmasked head. And I'm like, you know, I still really love the Marvel Legends Magneto that came in the yeah. Amazon 3-pack. Because that's a perfect Jim Lee Magneto. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, it's cool. And then this week, uh, I texted Mike Kaplan. He's like, yeah, I got Mezco Cable. And then I'm like, that's all I need. <laughs> and uh, I literally like as soon as I could I'm like I'm leaving now and it's about a 25 minute drive from here and I went over to see him and I had like an hour window I had a ton of errands to run I had to go to the post office I had to go to the guitar store and then I ran in and uh he lights up he's got the armor on and his like chest lights up and his one eye lights up and he's got (laughs) giant guns and I'm like yeah this is what I need and as I'm walking out I uh I had credit there used up all my credit and he, he actually said to me, he goes, I figured out your credit. If you, uh, you get the Mezco cable, you can still afford the McFarlane Batman who laughs. And I'm like, all right, I'll get one McFarlane DC and it's a character no one's done. Right. I'm like, I'm not getting Superman and Batman again. I was like, let me just check him out. And that figure's fine. It's less breakable than I thought he'd be. Honestly, I threw him with the Mattels and he looks like Mattel made him. Yeah. It's n- nothing to get excited about. But as I was leaving, I said, now this is the only cable, right? Because there's a previous exclusive cable. He's like, I think I got that one. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, he knows well, he got that one. Yeah, I'm like, well, here's my credit card. So I came home with both cables. Yeah. So one's like all armored up where it's kind of Liefeld, but it's more modern day because it's not just big shoulder pads. Yeah, it's, it's got like, like a they chest plate. do a really good design of like changing the design, but staying as faithful as they can without it being like silly. Well, they do what they want because they, they'll just... They'll just make decisions like uh, Cyclops has no yellow underpants. Right. Like, they made a classic Cyclops with the yellow underpants, but the Jim Lee one, no, he doesn't have them. Because yeah. we don't want to. Uh, so they'll do things, and first that ticked me off. Because I was like, man, you could have made this perfect, and you just decided to put, like, lines on this guy. Or, like, you know, this Batman's got these weird gloves. Or There's always something where they wanted to put their stamp on it. Yeah. And I usually disagree with it. Now I'm starting to relax. Right. It's like, oh, it's a little different, but it's close enough. And you know what? Marvel Legends is nailing it. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're doing exactly. So, but they did. So, but he's in like the battle armor with the big guns that lights up. But then the other one is in like the Ian Churchill with the X suspenders, like his so X-Men weird. uniform. And they didn't put the yellow underpants on him, but I'm like, eh, it works with him. Yeah. But his eye lights up and I'm like, that's, that's actually my favorite run around the time of 
uh, Age of Apocalypse and Onslaught. Ian Churchill was drawing it. Jeff Loeb was writing it. In the midst of terrible crossovers. Yeah. You know? uh, but Cable wasn't even really in X-Force anymore. He was just in his own solo book. Yeah, I think it was like, we don't know what to do with this character anymore. Yeah, he's still popular. But I like Cable as a solo character. I think he works best when he's not on the team. He was not good when he was in the X-Men. It was a bad idea to put him in the X-Men. Yeah, because it's, it's two Wolverines running around. You know, it's like yeah. there's just only so two much. Two Wolverines and half a Jean Grey. Yeah. And in X-Force, it was like, it made it was cool in the beginning when he was like taking the new mutants and making them all badasses. And as that book went on, it started to go back to being new mutants. And it's like... You don't need this 60-year-old guy with giant guns in the New Mutants. Yeah, the New Mutants is supposed to be like a young next generation of X-Men. Yeah, it's like, here's a lot of the like... oldest mutant in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you know, it's a lot of teen drama. Right. Where it's like, oh, I'm in love with you, but you broke up with me. And it's like, you don't need a 55-year-old guy just going like, we've got to kill this guy before he grows up. Get my gun. But I love him as a solo character just running around making messes. Yeah. Where he's like, apocalypse. <laughs> Terrible. I love him. He sucks. Um, but I, yeah, I spent a lot of money yeah. to have two Marvel Legends cables with clothes on. Right. And honestly, so I put them together with Wolverine and Cyclops and Magneto and Deadpool already have. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm getting Gambit. You're doing this now. <laughs> I'm all in on X-Men. And You're all in on Mezco. That'll never end. I'm trying not to be all in on Mezco yeah. because they just announced Thanos and I'm like, uh, I don't know. And I can also, the Justice League is so far out of my price range now because like Superman and Flash and Wonder Woman are like 250 bucks each because they're sold out. Yeah. And it's like, then do I need Green Lantern? Yeah, I probably don't yeah. need Green Lantern if right. I can't get Flash. Yeah, don't get Green Lantern if you can't get Flash. You know, yeah, Dark Side is $180. Yeah, like, not worth uh, it. Yeah, I got to draw the line somewhere. Right. It's your uh, line in the sand. Yeah, I don't know that I need Blade. No, no. no. no I was... But I might need Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, it's, Doctor Strange is cool, man. He's got a lot of robes. It, yeah. It's a perfect figure for that. Well, if you want to tell us what you're into or how much money you've been spending, there are ways to get in touch with us. You can uh, find me at Not On My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Cafeteria Comics social networking feed. Um, you can also go to Facebook, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics, where we post all the news like next week will be toy fair that we will be posting uh, lots and lots of things No, and it probably won't even be over by the time we record the, the podcast. So we'll, we'll be sure to tell you about half of the things that have been introduced. Yeah. I'll tell you the one big rumor and I don't know that I talked about this on the show. The big rumor that's been circling around Marvel legends, GI Joe's. Yeah, I think you told me that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if we recorded it. And yeah. it's just like, uh, good, do things that I don't have interest in. I don't know. You, <laughs> you tell know? you tell me you're doing Marvel Legends, Snake Eyes, and Destro, and Zartan, and Cobra Commander. I'm, I'm glad that you're getting them, but I'm glad that I don't have to buy them. <laughs> well, how can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, the iTunes podcast app, and pretty much basically wherever podcasts lurk. Yeah. So do we. And we'll talk to you next week during Toy Fair. <laughs>